Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery with your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. FM Riverside and 1050 AM Palm Springs. Okay, and we're back. And uh, joining us, like we said in the intro, we have Amy Major, um, author of the book Toward the Light. Um, And I want to welcome you to the show. And how are you doing? I am very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very honored to be here. Oh, it's our pleasure. We uh, we we love talking about these subjects, and uh, <laughs> um, that's our audience. So let's start out with um, let's give them a little bit of history about you. You haven't been on our show before, so let's let's tell people uh, who you are and kind of um, how you got to writing the book. Oh, absolutely. I always joke around when people tell people, oh, I've been hiding under a rock in New Hampshire. That's why people don't know about me. <laughs> But I've been doing this work off and on for about 16 years. Uh, those in the New England area know me a little well. Uh, but I really got started as a medium in my early 20s. Um, I had been communicating with spirit my whole life, especially my guides, my angels, and my animal spirit friend. Um, just sort of seeing them out of the corner of my eye or hearing the voices in my head and all of a sudden knowing when the phone is going to ring. It's like these little things that you don't really realize are psychic ability. You're just like, well, I just know these things. And, and you know, I have these voices in my head that randomly answer back to me. And I'm like, I don't know where they came from. But uh, it's just communicating with them throughout my whole life, having a lot of uh, past life dreams and a lot of past life memories, especially when I was very young. And um, the funny thing is I had an astrology reading in my early 20s after I moved to New England, and she's like, oh, 
she's like looking at my chart. She's like, you're really psychic. I'm like, what? I'm like, not me. I'm like, I'm not a psychic. She's, I'm like, psychics are those gypsy ladies with the crystal ball telling you your future. <laughs> yeah. That's not me. And she's like, no, you're very psychic. And um, you're pretty much going to devote your life to working with spirit and working with people psychically. And, of course, I thought she was nuts. So, like, oh, I don't know about that. And, but uh, soon enough, I uh, went to the local psychic center in um, the town I lived in. They confirmed I was psychic as well. And they said, you really need to start developing. And so they actually caught, you know, taught classes there. I started taking classes, and sure enough, I started doing readings right away, became one of their lead mediums and psychics out of the center very quickly. And I'm now teaching and writing books after, you know, 15, 16 years of service. And um, I think there's still a lot to teach and a lot to learn. So um, I used to always go into the bookstores and see all these ghost hunting books and scary books about ghosts. And through all the experiences I've had throughout my entire life and, and throughout uh, my development, they were all wrong. Like just, they were explaining things to people for a very small percentage of activity that occurred, but they were sort of making it into the branding of whatever ghost activity was. And so therefore I thought, well, we really need to have something else on the bookshelf to explain a different perspective and to have people so they're not so afraid of ghosts and, and, and hauntings and just to know not everything's evil. Right. So I just thought it was the best thing to do is to finally write something and, and get my perspective out there and let people know there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, yeah, I can. I kind of agree. Um, uh, do you do you follow any of the uh, television shows or anything like that that kind of cover um, ghost hunting and uh, some other mediums that are on television? And do you have? Any? I, I see a handful of them. I don't watch them regularly um, because, of course, they're hyped up for media. But I have seen a few of them. Um, some of them are okay, uh, where they're really trying just to investigate and get some scientific proof and documentation, I'm, I'm cool with that, but others are a little too flaky for me. And, you know, the whole thing, turning off the lights and thinking everything is a demon. And I, I think people are really just tired of that, and I think they're ready for something more. And I think that's why they really need to start learning more about rescue mediumship, because that's what I do, and that's the next step is, okay, you have a ghost wolf. What now? What do you do? And that's where we fit in. Yeah, who do you call? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually on the Psychic Ghostbusters team, so I have to randomly laugh at that. <laughs> yeah, you know it's uh, so. Uh, where do, so we let's go from there. So, what is uh, Spirit Rescue then? Spirit Rescue is through the work of a rescue medium, and we're a little bit different than a regular medium. Um, rescue mediums work mainly with what I call earthbound energy and earthbound spirits. They are people that have died and haven't made their full transition to the other side. So there's some stuck somewhere in between. So they're closer to the earthbound energy. That's why we call them earthbound spirits, is because they're a heavier vibration, because they haven't made the full transition to the higher consciousness or higher spirit vibration that people call heaven. So rescue mediums work with Earthbound spirits that haven't made the full transition, we help guide them, we counsel them, we speak with them, we help them through situations to help release whatever it is that's holding them back, 
help them find the resolution that they're looking for and help them on their way to the other side. So there's a lot of work involved with earthbound energy. Sounds like it. Uh, well, why are, why are the um, spirits or ghosts um, not crossing over? Why is there earthbound spirits? Well, I always say, and I, I say it a lot, but the reason why spirits are earthbound is as individual as the person who's made the decision not to cross. That means there are so many reasons why people do not cross all the way. It could be out of fear, anger, loss, resentment, judgment. It could be honor, love, anything that keeps that spirit from thinking that they're ready to cross over. It could be many different things. You know, there's a lot of spirits out there that have completed crimes, They may have killed someone, they may have raped someone, they may have done something, you know, an awful crime. Their fear of judgment, well, when I die and I go to the other side, are they going to judge me? You know, I'm not ready to go for that. And there are other spirits that have died, like in a very tragic situation where they stay behind to make sure that everybody else gets out safe. They'll kind of stay behind to make sure there's resolution. So there might be other spirits that have died that don't even know that they died. It happened so quickly and so tragically that, you know, they're kind of in a daze and they're confused. They don't know what's going on. They know things different, but they're just not really ready and understanding what's happened with them. Therefore, they'll stay earthbound as well. So there's many different reasons. Right. Now, are these earthbound... Now, they're not all bad or evil, or they're not. There's, is there any general consensus to that? I, you know, that's so true. They aren't all bad and evil, and I think that um, you know, stereotype has come because of all the media, because of all the haunting shows, and because of all the movies and the ghost stories and haunted houses. You immediately think, well, if somebody dies and they cross over you know, they're automatically positive. And if somebody dies and they don't cross over and they become a ghost, they're automatically negative. Well, that's pretty big to say, you know, one or the other. You have to look at the spirit as an individual. They're not bad. They're just going through a hard situation. You know, I always tell people, if you're going through loss and you're scared and you're confused and you're angry, does that mean you're a bad person? It doesn't. It just means you're going through really heavy emotions and a hard situation. And when a ghost is around and you feel that heaviness, you automatically assume that they're a negative spirit. When in fact they're not, they could be scared. You know, I have many children that come to me in spirit that are earthbound. Are they bad? No. They're scared. They're confused. They're lost. So they're going to reside at a heavier vibration. So you can't assume they're all bad just because they seem heavier than those spirits on the other side. I know an awful lot of spirits that have crossed over, and they're still pretty nasty. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't <laughs> want to hang around with them in a room, but they've crossed over. They still have issues. You can't think one or the other. You really need to see it as an individual spirit. Right. So we're keeping all of these issues with us when we cross or when we are earthbound, just when we turn into, uh, change over to a spirit, I should say. Um, we still have our issues with us. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the um, the sooner after death is more likely to have to deal with these issues. The longer you've crossed and you're in a spirit form, you're able to let go and release these issues. They're no longer of a concern to you. But, you know, it was shortly after, 
you died, you're going to carry all these issues with you. They're still very much attached to your emotions. Therefore, you're going to view them and feel them exactly the same way you would if you were here in the physical world. Transitioning to spirit doesn't change that. And so so for the people who are just at the basic, what would the difference be between, let's say, a rescue medium and a psychic medium, for instance? Psychic mediums, um, they're what I call message mediums, and I, I am a psychic medium as well. Um, they are mediums that connect to spirits, usually those who have crossed over, and they provide messages and symbols to people here in the physical world to let people here in the physical world know that the spirit on the other side is still with them. They're still, you know, they've crossed over, but they're still very much attached to them emotionally and in a loving way. So they provide messages, usually very positive messages, to people here in the physical world. For rescue mediums, we work directly with earthbound energy who haven't crossed over, and we counsel them, we help guide them to the other side. So we're more of like the therapists or the counselors or the energy healing workers as mediums to work directly with spirits. Um, The only time you really get into message work is when the spirit has something that they want someone here to know so that they can release and move on. And that way we will do more message work that way, but it's a very small percentage compared to message mediums. Do you ever have problems with um, spirits that do not want to cross? Oh, absolutely. Um, There's many times where they actually um, are dealing with some very negative emotions and they don't want help. They don't want anything around them. They don't want to communicate. They just want to harm and harass people around them. And they're what we would normally call negative spirits. They're just not ready to deal with their issues. They're not ready to heal and transition to the other side. So there's many times we'll try to communicate with them, and they don't want anything to do with it. And that's when we really have to step in and do more clearing work, where we actually have to clear the spirit out and say, you know what, you're not wanted here. You're only here to harass and harm people. You need to go. And that's when we would do more clearing work and clearing residual energy. And and so how would, without getting too detailed, how would you go about doing that, like a clearing? Um, is, is there a religious tone to that, or is it just something different? Well, usually you just start out with being firm. Sometimes it's the same way as you were. If somebody were to walk in your home and give you a hard time, what would you do? You would tell them to leave. And usually that's the first step, is having a firm foundation of believing that this spirit is not allowed to be in your home. Say, I need you to leave. I'm not afraid of you. You need to go. And the first thing is being firm. Have control over your environment. If they then say, well, we're not going anywhere, well, that's when you would start bringing in help from the other side, your spiritual helpers. And usually start doing that through prayer and affirmations. And call in your protective team, call in your angels, call in your guides, call in family members from the other side. Say, I need help getting the spirit out of my house or out of my home or out of my office. Wherever you have a spirit energy and you feel threatened, you need to call in assistance from the other side. Another thing I do is use protection techniques. In my book, I have a whole list of different ways to protect yourself through tools 
and through affirmations and prayers and just having more self-control. So there's many different ways to get a spirit out. And so do we need protection? We always need protection, whether, you know, you have a spirit from the other side coming in or not. There's always some level of protection that's always needed. You never go into a situation, especially working with spirit, completely open-armed without ever having any protection. And people, kind of, there's a little skepticism with that. People like, well, if it's spirit on the other side and they're loving, why do I need protection? Like, well, you're not protecting yourself against the spirits. You're protecting yourself against picking up any residual energy. You're protecting yourself against picking up any emotions coming in that you necessarily don't want to attach to. So you're sort of creating that bubble or that layer around you. You're sort of saying, this is my energy and that's yours. And we don't need to merge. We don't need to share things because there's some things you just don't want to pick up on. So depending on the type of spirit you're dealing with depends on the type of protection needed at the time. And so so you mentioned residual energy. So what would that be different from, you know, a ghost or a spirit? Or like what, what would residual energy be? Residual energy is more of just an energy left behind after an event or something that occurred in that area. Um, I always tell people, think about it as like a residual mark or a residue left behind. It's not an intelligent haunting. It's not an actual spirit energy. Rather, it's just something left behind. If you think about think of Slimer. Think of going around and sort of leaving its ectoplasm all around, and you're like, oh, you slimed me. Well, that's residual energy. It's not necessarily in a solid form, but in an energy form. And you can walk into a place and feel this heaviness all around you. It doesn't mean there's a spirit there. It just means there's a lot of residual energy left behind, like an imprint. And so you just need to go in and start doing more clearing work, again, which I've explained in the book, is how to clear this residual energy out and to create a nice vibration, a higher and more lighter positive vibration in your home. So someone that's just um, listing right now, and if they feel like they've got like a, a ghost or a spirit or something's in their house or in their at their work or something, um, what do you, what what's the first thing they should do? Well, the first thing they should do is to evaluate and think: Is this an actual spirit, or is this just something in my mind? Because we've been led to believe every little spook or shadow or noise or electromagnetic energy is a spirit. And it's really not. Because honestly, there aren't enough spirits and ghost activity to go around for everyone to have this type of situation. Um, The second thing would be like, go in and see, is this residual energy? Every home in America, unless it's a brand new home, Every home is going to have some type of residual energy. And depending on what's occurred in the home or or occurred in the office, depends on the heaviness vibration of residual energy. So you're going to have to go out and clean that out first. Do some clearing work first. Once you've done the clearing work and it's still there and it's still overwhelmingly obvious, you know, there's been some movement, there's some flickering of the lights, you feel somebody calling you or touching you, and you're like, I really think there's a spirit in my home. I would tell people first, don't be afraid. You know, breathe, take time, calm yourself and your emotions long enough so that you feel safe. You know, focus. Allow yourself, you know, to sense the vibration. 
do you feel threatened or do you just feel scared because you've been taught to be scared? You know, understand the spirit is not going to harm you. You have to understand it may be a small child, it may be a woman, it may be somebody who's lost and confused. So don't always assume that the spirit is there and going to harm you. Bring in prayer. Bring in your guides. Bring in your angels. Ask for assistance on the other side to help you if you have a spirit. And control your space. This is your space they're in. It's not just yours. Therefore, if you feel uncomfortable with them there, tell them to leave. This is your home, and you need to take control. And the last thing is, once you do know that they've left, go in and refresh. Clean your home of any residual energy. You know, take the time and the tools to clean it out, and you'll feel much better and much more positive if you should have that experience. And quite, quite, quite often I hear about people, they say that they... Uh, not so much their place or their work or their cars um, haunted, but they think they're they've been attached by a spirit, or they think someone's they've gone somewhere, you know, they've gone on a tour somewhere, and and they've taken home a a spirit with them. Um, what's in your experience? Is that sort of something that's common? Actually, it is more common than people realize. Um, you know, you have to think there are two different types of attachments. The first one is you can get an attachment of residual energy. It's sort of like walking through a spider web. And when you walk in through a place like a historical landmark or a cemetery or some place that may be haunted, you're taking on that residual energy and you're bringing it home with you. Therefore, you're going to feel heavy. You're going to feel different. You're going to feel the emotions associated with that residual energy. And that's where you need to just do more of a personal clearing of your personal energy. Um, the second type would be a spirit energy that's attached themselves to you. And you can't always assume that it's a negative attachment. There are spirits out there that are afraid. They're lost. They're confused. They're going to attach to somebody here in the physical world until they feel more comfortable in a spiritual form. Usually these are children. Usually these are people that have died very recently and they haven't made that contact with their spiritual helpers on the other side, and they're still very much attached here to the physical world. Therefore, they're going to attach to somebody out of comfort. The last type would be a spirit who attaches themselves to you for negative reasons. These would be people that have died, still carry around a lot of their negative emotions, a lot of anger, jealousy, rage. They have all these emotions, and they'll go out and they'll search out victims, people that are unsuspecting of knowing that the spirit's around, people who, you know, may be going through emotional issues, somebody who might be sick, somebody who might be doing something that lowers their vibration and allows the spirit to come in and, and attack them and to attach to them. So that's when I would say you would need more of a professional assistance, such as a, spearing, a clearing specialist or a rescue medium, Someone to come in and detach this spirit from you so that you no longer feel harassed. Yeah. And so I was going to ask about that. Okay, so now you've mentioned this a few times uh, about vibration. So someone listening that's um, newer to this or just not sure, what exactly do you mean by vibration? Well, vibration is pretty much a frequency of... Um, kind of like if you think of vibration, think of something vibrating like a washing machine. And it's vibrating, it's creating its own energy source. Everything that's, that's in this world has its own unique vibration. 
and the vibrations can be very high or vibrations can be very low. It's like a denser vibration. And earthbound spirits carry a more denser vibration, something that feels heavier. And spirits on the other side will carry a higher vibration or a lighter vibration. Therefore, you're not going to sense them around as much. So depending on the level of vibration of spirit energy depends on how you sense them around you. So just think of kind of heaviness, lightness, um, emotions. Everything is a vibration of energy. What creates a vibration? Like what, what is it that establishes it? A, pretty much a life force. You know, we are, our, our life force has a vibration. Everything in this universe has a vibration. Um, it's just a unit of measurement of um, activity or energy flowing from an object. So everything carries a vibration, and depending on where they are in a certain vibration depends on how you're going to pick up on them. So everything, a flower has a vibration, a rock has a vibration, a person does. Everything that is in this world carries its own unique vibration. So is that what attracts us to each other and and to things that we like, like flowers? or? That's exactly what attracts you to. We all, that's called the power of attraction. Your vibration is connecting to another vibration that's equal or a little higher, and that way you're going to be attracted to somebody, and you're going to be attracted to an object. You're going to be drawn to them because of the vibration. And so when I tell people, you need to watch your vibration, that means you need to watch if it's going low, you're going to attract lower vibrations, lower spirit energies. Usually the lower means negative. You need to raise your vibration to bring in more positive and loving spirit energy around you. So you can control your own vibration depending on thought and intent. I usually tell people, stay with something like a meditation. That will teach you how to raise your vibration. Laughing, dancing, eating something sweet, everything that creates joy around you will raise your vibration. So it all depends on what you're trying to attract around you. So it's important to stay very positive. It is, but don't think any time you think of negativity that you're, you know, you're bringing in bad spirits. That's just not true. You know, we all have times when our vibration's a little lower, when we're going through very emotional times or something very tragic happens or we're just not feeling good, and that's okay. You know, you want to try to raise your vibration as soon as you can, um, and also raising your vibration will actually make you feel healthier too. So... Don't think that you have to keep it positive all the time. We're human. We all make mistakes. We're all going to go through negative times. But try to keep it neutral. Yeah. It's okay to get depressed, you know, rent property, but you don't want to buy there. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) uh, So now, uh, does that also include, like, our spirit guide? So now there's people that are not going to know exactly what you mean by spirit guide. So what would a spirit guide be and how are they attached or attracted to us and or vice versa? Well, spirit guides are spiritual advisors on the other side. They've been trained and qualified. Just like you're trained and qualified for a job here, they're trained on the other side to be personal guides. Now, there's regular you know, guides. They come in with you with your life, and there's also message guides, there's learning guides, there's healing guides, there's many different types. But what I like to call main guides are spiritual advisors on the other side that sort of work with you throughout your life. They help you. They're there when you're born. 
they work with you through your life experiences and through your life, and they're there to greet you at the time of your death. So they're lifetime guides. They come in and sort of, you know, when you're off track, steer you in the right direction. They inspire you. They give you thoughts and emotions to help you stay on track with your life purpose. They're here to make sure you came to do, you know, you, we all came here for a reason. And they're here to help you achieve your goal and your life purpose in your life. So they're really here for us. So how do they choose us? Or- we all, they choose us and we choose them before we even come in. You know, depending on what you're here to learn and experience and what your life purpose is depends on what type of guide you're going to need on the other side. So we choose each other before we come in and before we're born. Now, guides can change, too, depending on what you're doing in your life. Usually you have one main guide that sticks with you throughout your entire life, but we have what we call lesson guides and transitional guides that come in and deal with certain issues that we're faced with, and they'll come in and they'll work with us. They'll help us through those situations as well, and that would be a different type of guide. So depending on what your purpose is, is the type of guide you're going to work with. And so why why this is a common question and i don't know if you can answer it but i know i've heard this enough so if we have this spirit guide that we've chosen each other before we started this this life this lesson and we're going through it and why do such tragic things happen to some people really it's a learning process we didn't come here just to experience love and joy You know, we experience that on the other side all the time. So why would we come into a physical body to experience the same thing as what we just came from? That wouldn't make sense. Sometimes we have to come into our physical lives to experience the opposite. We experience pain, suffering, loss, tragedy. You have to experience the opposite to truly understand. And I always tell people, how will you know unless you understand. And sometimes you can't understand until you live through it. And so we will go through very tragic times, very painful times in our lives, but it's only to help us grow as a soul, help us become stronger, and help us understand from a different perspective. So it isn't to hurt you, it's to help you. Just It's hard to see that when you're going through it, but when you go through your life and you look back, you're like, wow, I lived through that and I'm a much stronger person because of it. Well, how are we going to grow and become stronger if we don't live through these tragic times? So think of it as a learning process. We're not going to always go through, you know, positive things. We're not going to grow if we do. So whenever you have something negative happen to you in your life, just think to yourself, My guides knew I was strong enough to get through this, and I'm going to be that much stronger when I'm done. So it's an easier way to think about it. So uh, when we're choosing our spirit guide, um, are we also choosing these, um, these events? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's these lessons that we're going to go through in our life? Absolutely. I think there's some things that we choose main events to happen to us. There's also a lot of little things that we don't necessarily choose that happen because of the major events that happen to us. Not everything is completely planned out. There are some things that just happen, but... I do think we do plan the major events that happen to us. You know, it has to do with karma. What lessons did we come in with this life? What are we trying to learn from this? Therefore, say you coming into your life like, okay, I want to be a child in New York, and I want to be a boy, and I'm going to get married, and I'm going to lose a child in pregnancy with my wife, and I'm going to experience that loss because I've never experienced that before. You know, you're going to choose all these things before you come in so you can go through these experiences and understand them from a different perspective. So you may experience the same many things through various lives, through various perspectives. It all to help you grow as a soul. And just, now I talked to uh, Rich Martini a while back. And his his book, Flipside, and his theory was that we also choose our parents. Yes, I know. And let me tell you, a lot of people are like, boy, was I wrong choosing <laughs> 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 that. Like, oh, and then if you have any brothers and sisters, oh, my goodness. Um, there's times I thought about that, too. But, yes, we absolutely choose our parents and our families. And a lot of people say we choose the same families or we stick with the same families through many lives. 
because they're our soul family and we stick together. You know, they may be a parent for you in this life, but they could be a child for you in another, or they could be a best friend. It all depends on what your purpose is for and what their purpose is for. So, yes, absolutely, we choose our parents before we come in. Some of us would like to choose differently next time, but, you know, it's all to help us grow. Well, his question to me would, uh, was right off the bat was like, so why did you choose your father? You know, and, oh, I know. Exactly. That's, that's like, okay. You know, my, you know, my father was very skeptical about yeah. the whole spiritual world, and I think he helped me, he challenged me to see myself in a different way. He challenged me to go further and to explore more and to see things from a different perspective. He taught me not to take things just because somebody told me. Go out, understand, try to get proof. Don't just see things, oh, well, that's just the way it is. Well, he helped challenge that. He helped me understand things. And because of that, I explored religion, I explored faith, and I was open to the fact that I could have been psychic because of the way my dad challenged me. So there's reasons for everything. Yeah, yeah, I see that. It's funny because it did, you know, my parents both passed, but when um, my father was very structured and very um, disciplined, very, you know, very strong, and my mother was completely opposite, the emotional, you know, pretty type. So they both had that, and I see both of it in me. You know, it's funny. Um, both very purposeful. Um, how it goes, you know. <laughs> well, that's very typical, too, for parents to be like that. And that, that all, it always creates a balance. Because if they were both the same, then it would be off balance and you wouldn't get necessarily the life challenges and the lessons from that. So everything comes to balance. You'll find how opposites attract is because they're trying to balance each other out. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that's very, very true. And And so... Now, when you were saying so someone uh, should seek out help, let's say if it, it's if it's something that they're not sure about an attachment or if their house was, um, things are going on and uh, they, they've they analyzed it and go, yeah, this is more than just, uh, you know, an old house settling or something. Um, now, people tend to go out and do things, you know, they'll go and get like a Ouija board or they'll go get tarot cards and stuff like that. What are your feelings on that side of it? I say don't do anything in the spirit world unless you've been properly trained because you don't know what you're getting yourself into. If you haven't been properly trained in protection techniques, if you don't know how to raise your vibration to bring in a certain type of spirit energy, then I wouldn't do it. What you really need to do is go out and seek professional assistance. And I'm not saying go out and try to find a ghost hunting team. A ghost hunting team isn't going to help you find resolution. They're going to come out and evaluate whether there's a spirit presence there or not. They won't even know if you have an attachment because they don't have the electronic equipment to detect on that. You know, sometimes they do, but most of the time they don't. I would say connect with a clearing specialist or a rescue medium that specializes in clearing and have them come out, help them evaluate whether you actually do have a spirit energy attachment or in your home, and they can work with that spirit and help detach them and clear them away. This isn't anything you should be doing on your own unless you've been properly trained. Now, everybody has the ability to prepare. Everybody has the ability to pray and ask for spiritual assistance on the other side. Until you do have the actual you know, professional assistance coming in to help you, always pray. 
always ask for help. Always ask for your spiritual team to come in and protect you until more professional assistance can be there to assist you. But never do it on your own unless you've been properly trained. So uh, you don't, uh, but you don't think the tools themselves are evil, do you? Or do you? No, tools are tools. <laughs> tools are objects. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they're you know they're not there. But your thought and intent is what creates the spirit energy around you. You could be working with a glass. You could be working with a piece of paper. You could be working with a tree. Anything that you want. But if your thought and intent is there to communicate with spirit, they'll find a way to come in. You know, these tools themselves were created just because they were easy devices to use to, to communicate with spirit. It's not the tools that work. It's the spirit energy that works. So, um, but again, tools are physical objects. People have to understand that. Physical objects reside at a lower vibration. So if you don't learn how to raise your vibration and protect the energy around you, what do you think you're going to bring in? You're going to bring in a lower, heavier vibration, which is normally a, a negative one. Right. So don't use the tools unless you've been trained. Yeah, I, I, I see that. Uh, that's a, a better way of explaining it, I think, because uh, uh, there's a, a general thought out there by, by average people that, uh, you know, you go out and buy a Ouija board at the uh, Walmart and you bring it home, it can bring an evil spirit to your house. No. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, I, you know, I see that as being kind of, you know, ridiculous myself. It's, it's what you're doing with things. Exactly. So. Exactly. It's, it's what you're, the law of attraction. What are you bringing into you and bringing into your home? The, the board has nothing to do with it. Now, the one thing is, is the board has created what is known as a higher consciousness evaluation. What that means is. Spirits know when you're sitting down to a Ouija board, they know you're getting ready to communicate with spirit. The Ouija board has been around for a long enough time that it's in the greater consciousness. Everybody knows Ouija boards are meant to communicate with spirit. Therefore, spirits know this. They can pick up on our thought process, and they can pick up on the fact that Ouija boards are used to communicate. Therefore, they're sitting around waiting for you to get one. Now, if you're sitting there with a glass of water, that's not in the higher consciousness of understanding that it's a spirit tool. Therefore, spirits aren't going to pick up on that thinking, oh, they're ready to communicate with me because it's a glass of water. But it can be used. But it all depends on the higher consciousness, what we're all thinking, what we all know. Because what we know, spirit knows. Therefore, you're going to bring a Ouija board home, spirit knows you're ready to communicate. So yeah. you're going to draw in spirit energy if you bring one into your home. It's not necessarily going to be bad energy, but spirit's going to be like sitting on the sidelines going, okay, we're ready to communicate because we know those boards are used to communicate with us. So it's in the higher consciousness. Right. They know, we know. Yeah, kind of like a cell phone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you don't throw your cell phone out just because it gives you bad information. Nope, yeah, I mean, exactly. For me. I don't recommend using Ouija boards because, honestly, they're physical tools. If you really want to start learning how to communicate with spirit, find circle groups, find spiritual centers, find psychic centers that will help open up your energy and to receive spirit communication. Do it in a positive way. 
learn the tools and techniques you need to raise your vibration to connect the spirit. You don't need to do it through tools. The only people that do it through tools is the people who want to do it for entertainment purposes. And they're more likely to get spirit attachments and have negative energy around them because they haven't been properly trained. So you're going to get, you know, what you're asking for. You know, if you're asking for spirits to come in, you're going to get it. You're going to have spirits coming in. Because you haven't been properly trained, you don't know what you're going to get. So if you're really interested in learning how to be a medium, do it a positive way. Go out and get the training. It's not difficult. Everybody has the ability to communicate. You just need to learn how to do it right. So you think we all have that ability? We all do. We're all born with that sixth sense. You know, I don't think this is something that would have been cut off from anybody. We all have the ability. The thing is, we all communicate with spirit depending on whether we're aware of it or not. You know, when you smell a perfume or automatically you sense somebody around you or all, all of a sudden you have a memory of somebody that's died, those are all little hints that spirits there trying to communicate with you. We just don't always recognize that these are the tips and tools of spirits trying to get in and communicate with you through your emotions, through your feelings, through your thought, your memory. These are ways that mediums connect with spirits. People just haven't been trained to understand that yet. Therefore, people don't know that they're mediums. When in fact, everyone is. You just need to learn and you know, learn the awareness, learn the understanding of how to communicate, and you'll be able to do it just like any other medium. And so, so what was the difference for you? Like, how did you learn to become a, a rescue medium as opposed to um, just a psychic medium? It was through my development of um, psychic mediumship. Um, I would open up to spirit and very heavy, very uh, low vibrational energy would surround me all the time. And, of course, years ago, like a decade ago, everyone's like, oh, that's negative. No, those are negative spirits. Push them away. Push them away. You don't want anything to do with it. Raise your vibration. And so I would. I'm like, okay, I, you know, all these are heavy, bad spirits. But it would happen for years and years, and they would always surround me as soon as I'd open up um, and get ready to communicate. And nobody understood why until I finally, like, I had to sit with my guides and spiritual teachers on the other side. And that's when they started, uh, you know, teaching me rescue work. So, like, just because they're heavy doesn't mean they're bad. They're just looking for help. If you're opening up and you have a certain vibration that resides with them, they're going to be attracted to you because they know that you can, they, you can help them. So they knew I was a rescue medium before I did. I didn't know anything about rescue work until my guys explained it to me. And they explained some spirits just need help. They need help getting to the other side. It isn't always easy for some spirits, depending on their awareness. Therefore, there are mediums coming into the world now, such as myself, that are now specializing in rescue work because there are so many more spirits out there that aren't crossing over. Therefore, rescue mediumship is needed more and more these days. The awareness is growing of the spiritual world. Our vibration is raising, so we're more aware of these spirits around us. So they knew it before I did, and that's when I started researching as much as I could about rescue work. There was very little to reference. There wasn't much out there at all, um, but I did learn mostly through my spiritual team and through experience, just, you know, 
um, going out and communicating with spirits, having that exchange between the, the spirit and myself and learning through, you know, my faults and my trials and going out and just trying to figure out the process on my own. And that's why I wrote the book. I have to explain to people, you know, this is what rescue work is. And if you're really interested in becoming a rescue medium, contact me. I'm always here to help people understand and help people develop as a rescue medium. And so is, do you think that um, people can learn to become a rescue medium themselves? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I do tell people it is a very specialized type of rescue work. Everyone has the ability to become a medium, but not everybody should become a rescue medium. You have to have a certain demeanor. Um, you have to have very thick skin. You have to be able to work with some pretty nasty spirits out there. Um, training was very difficult as a rescue medium. You have to deal with a lot of protection. Um, you have to have your spirit team on the other side. You also have to be well-equipped to be a counselor, to understand what a spirit's going through, help them through their issues, help them find resolution. If you're not able to do that, then I wouldn't suggest rescue work because this is a very specialized type of mediumship that not everyone's qualified to do. And so um, I was just going to say, so what... Um, what what are they going to learn or get from your book? The book is mainly here to explain spirit rescue to somebody who doesn't understand anything about earthbound energy. It's explain, look, this isn't as negative as you think it is. These are the reasons why spirits haven't crossed over. These are the areas that spirits reside in. This is why you should not be afraid. This is what you do if you have a spirit in your home. This is how you protect yourself. This is how you pray, ask for assistance. This is how you know if you have a spirit or if it's just residual energy. And also, I always like to end the book with lessons. Lessons are my favorite thing um, that I teach people. There's always a lesson to learn. Through every tragic experience, there's something to learn from that. What can we learn from these earthbound spirits that help us in our lives, what we're living now, what can we learn through them to help go through our own tragic times and our own emotional situations so that when we do die, we're able to make that crossing freely in a positive way and that we don't stay behind and become earthbound ourselves. So it's a proactive approach to helping people, help people now get over their emotional issues that way when they're ready to die, they'll cross over to heaven, you know, very easily. So there's always a lesson to learn. Oh, and I have to ask about the spirit police. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, you know, I, I come up with quirky terms, I got to tell you. It, it's really to help people understand, because if you throw a lot of spiritual terms out there, what I call psychic babble, people aren't going to understand. Um, so I come up with things that, you know, people can relate to. Um, when you're dealing with negative spirits and they're around you and you feel threatened, um, what do you do? And there are actually spiritual advisors and spiritual helpers on the other side um, that oversee spiritual law on all the realms of vibration. And when you're dealing with a spirit here in the physical world and they're going against your free will, they're breaking spiritual law. 
no one is allowed to go against free will, especially in a spiritual form. Therefore, if you're dealing with an earthbound energy, they're breaking your free will, you have the right to ask for spiritual help. It's what I call spirit police. They're, they oversee spiritual law so that these spirit entities or earthbound spirits can be removed from your home and not to harass you any longer. So when you're praying and you're asking for spiritual help and protection, you're really praying to the spirit police to come in and remove these spirits from your home. So it's just a quirky term that I've come up with to help people understand how these spirits get removed from your home through spiritual help. And so I, there was one other thing. I was going to say, you talk about, um, you know, how we choose our lives and our spirit guide and we're, we're kind of our lessons and we're going through. So then you sort of follow the concept of reincarnation. So we're going through several lives. And so, oh, absolutely. And so, so when we do that, so for instance, right now, you in this life, you are a, uh, you you're using your ability in a rescue medium sort of way, and you're doing this sort of direction and helping people in that way. Now, do you take that with you on your next life? Does that become a part of you every life from now on? It can. I mean, I've been told by my guides that I've been a rescue medium before in other lives. So it all depends on what I want to learn and what I want to achieve in that life. Um, I may not be a rescue medium in my next life. I might go and actually become a monk. I might become uh, a nun. I might become something kind of like the next step up, depending on my evolution and where I want to go with my soul's development. So it all depends on what I want as a soul. I can become a rescue medium again in another life. It all depends on my free will and what I want for myself. And my guides will help me through that life and through my life purpose. So I've been a rescue medium before, and I've chosen, again, to come in as a rescue medium now. I think just because earthbound energies are becoming more and more frequent, and I think rescue mediumship is needed now more than ever before, um, so I think I came in to become a rescue medium again just because I was already trained before in another life. Do you, do you see the whole... So we're all sort of connected, and do you see the whole world like um, like we're, you know, we've all chose different paths and lessons and spirit guides, and we're all in this world together right now. So all the events that go on in this world are other people's choosings. You know, oh, yes, and yes. so 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 we're all here and then we have to act and react to what other people are doing in their journey. So when all these things are going on in the world that terrifies people, you know, like the ISIS stuff and bad weather and all this stuff, is that all part of what we've choose what we've chosen as a group? Yes. We're all here in the physical world together for a reason. You know, nothing is coincidence everything happens for a reason we've all chosen to be here on the earth at this very moment together therefore we've all decided through a higher consciousness of understanding that we're here to go through these lessons together and so absolutely this is something we all chose to do together as sort of like a team you can think about it teams can be you know two or teams can be billions it depends on what you're trying to do, not only as a soul, but as for humankind. 
and where in evolution are we going and what souls want to come into the earth at this time to help it um, get to the next level. So there are spirits that come in and do bad things. There are spirits that come in and do good things. It's all keeping it balanced. So don't think that because all these negative things are happening that the world is becoming an evil place. There's a lot of good things happening at the same time. Just unfortunately, media will sort of shove the evil and negative things in your face just because they know people will pay attention to it. But there's equal amounts of good things happening in the world as well. You know, it's all balanced, and we're all here to help each other out in, with humankind. So we absolutely all came in at this time for a reason. Yeah, I sort of believe that, and I think that's sort of why people live and die. And, and I don't mean that as directly, but I mean, you know, certain, like, you know, famous people that are doing things, like from Mother Teresa to whoever, like, the world has to shape itself to deal with a new situation, and certain people can't be in the world at that time? Right. I, that's sort of, maybe that's deep, but I sort of, I sort of No, that's that. right on. That's exactly, that's how I feel, is, you know, we have certain people that come in and make a statement and they help teach us through love and support and guidance. And other people will come in and do very awful things like murder, rape, suicide, many different things. But they'll teach us from a different perspective and they'll teach us this is not what we don't want to do. So there's always balance. You know, so spirits will come in and do certain things just to teach us, you know, from a different perspective. That's all it is. Yeah. It's hard to understand that when the negativity is happening, but that's really what it is. Yeah, we just have to think that the the balance is there. So, like, you know, people, let's say, like, let's say John Lennon, who was very peace, love, and stuff in the 70s, mm-hmm. had to be gone for the 80s, right? But he was balancing something in the 70s. That exactly. So, you know, because it's a different thing going on. It's a whole different world every time you, uh, every day we get up. <laughs> Yes, it is. Everybody always says every day is a new day. It's a new you, a new time to start over. Yeah. And I absolutely believe that. Oh, totally, totally. And so I have to ask, how it, how it does religion sit in on this? Well, I tell people every road that leads to God is good. That's, I am a spiritualist, and that was, that's what we believe. So if you're a Catholic, if you're a Christian, um, if you're a Buddhist, Whatever road that leads you to love and a higher understanding and support of each other, that road is good. We're all going to see things differently. We're all going to understand things differently. Therefore, different religions are needed depending on your culture, your race, your understanding. You know, everybody needs to see things differently. Therefore, we need different religions to be able to do that. You know, the, the Word of God is so great. How can it be explained in one religion? Well, it can't be. It has to be split up in many different cultures and many different languages so that people can understand a small amount of it because that's really what we can understand. We can't understand the greatness in a physical body just because our minds aren't able to do that. Therefore, we're only given a small amount for us to understand. And from that, we're supposed to spread the Word share what we know, and learn from each other. Therefore, there's going to be many different religions out there so we can learn from each other. 
you know, and that's the, the whole reason for religion is to have faith. And if we don't have faith, then we don't have hope. So I'm all for every religion out there that every road leads to God is good. Wow. Okay. <laughs> no, this is fantastic. It's been very, very informative. I think it's a great, great uh, book, a great conversation. How do people um, get a hold of you? Or where can they, do you have a website, and where can they go for more information about you? Absolutely. Um, my website, amymajor.com. It's um, A-M-Y-M-A-J-O-R.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Amy Major Rescue Medium. And um, I'm always here to answer any questions that anybody has. And if anybody has any information on, hey, my, my house is haunted, what do I do? Or, you know, I'm really interested in about this rescue work. How do I get involved? Any questions that anybody has, I'm definitely here to help any way I can. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and uh, talking about this. This is a great subject. And uh, I hope to have you on again sometime. Thank you. It was an honor being here. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'll be back. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.